Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Thanks for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. Got a couple of quick announcements, and then we'll get into the episode. Um, I am going on tour. I have told you that, but now you can actually get tickets. I can't believe it's happening so fast. Um, I will be on tour next month. That's April, okay, at the end of April, April 19th to May 3rd. Um, I'm actually going to be starting in Chicago, making my way down to Atlanta. I will be driving and camping and crashing along the way. Uh, and um, thank you so much for any all the confidants who have reached out already. Um, I um, And, you know, Zeit Gang, I guess. I, I know there's a lot of crossover with the Daily Zeitgeist listeners. I can't wait to meet y'all. If you want to win free tickets to the show, because who wouldn't want free tickets? I am giving away tickets along the way, um, mostly because... I want to have people at my shows who actually want to see me. And I know sometimes it's hard to, like, you know, there's, like, you've got comedians that are on TV and and movies that you want to see. And then I know you also want to support me. But you don't have to worry about, you know, where to put your $20 or whatever, whether it's to your Starbucks, your gas, or seeing me. Um, You could... Sign up to get free tickets at tinyurl.com slash Teresa Lee for free. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-L-E-E for F-O-R-F-R-E-E. It's exactly how it sounds. Um, doesn't matter the case, um, but all lowercase, I guess. Uh, what I want to be doing, there's no no catch. No, like, I'm not going to be, like, asking you guys to participate in a contest. I just need to know what cities you actually can come to so you have to fill out the form and let me know that you're actually interested so I'm not just spamming people like giving away free tickets let me know which city that you are available to make and you know if you're not 100% sure you're free that night that's okay as long as like there's like a good chance you can come like you know don't sign up for a Louisville show if you live in Maine or something unless you happen to be in Louisville um, because I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want you guys to fly out to see me or, you know, do whatever you want. But this is so I can connect to y'all on the road. Sign up at tinyurl.com slash Teresa Lee for free. Basically, all you have to do is fill out your contact info, what city you are interested in coming to see. Could be more than one, okay? Some, I know some of you live within driving distance of multiple cities. And um, I will be giving away tickets along the way. I plan to do some of this as I'm on tour. So if you're definitely sure you want to come and you don't want to wait or take the risk of something selling out or you just want to support and buy like you know a ticket with money because you have it or you want to help you can also do that all of my ticket links that are available are are, are up on my website teresaleecomedy.com slash shows there are maybe a couple I believe like um uh, Richmond uh and maybe another one uh, maybe my, my Atlanta Laughing Skull shows ha- don't have their ticket links up yet but if you fill out that form at tinyurl and tell me you're interested I will update you personally when the tickets go on sale um, I know that sounds wild to be like a personal email from Teresa but trust me there it's manageable okay I would love to be like my fans fill up a stadium is just not true, um, but I love all of you so much, so much that I want to personally make sure you don't miss my shows. Um, speaking of which, um, if you do not already follow me, I will definitely be posting a lot more along the uh, throughout the next month to make sure that you know you guys know about my shows and also that I want to document my tour. This is my first time going on the road for two weeks all by myself. Okay, I've done it with like festivals, but this time I'm doing just traveling solo me and my rental car and a camping tent so and my jokes so um i'm going to be documenting it it's kind of a big deal for me um i know it's just like 
very DIY, but I hope I can meet you. I want to actually meet people and see you and talk to you. And um, if it's your first time seeing me live, even better. So just let me know. Um, that's pretty much the announcements I have today. That's the biggest thing happening right now um, in my life. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, it's not definitely not the biggest thing happening in the world. Um, but I, I, I just debated wanting to like talk a little bit more about politics and my take and just but I was like this isn't what you guys listen to me for so I know you all have the proper avenues to get your fix there and get your opinions out and information so I hope you're all staying well informed or and staying healthy and taking care of yourself I am going to keep this podcast as uh what it is a comedy podcast safe space for jokes but that doesn't mean that I am not thinking about people at war and um all the casualties in Ukraine so I just wanted to put that out there. Um, Okay, before we get into it, I did see some fun reviews. Uh, I want to read them. Thank you so much for y'all for reviewing them. It's been a minute. I know I haven't asked for reviews for a while, but I was happy to find a couple recent reviews, so I want to read them. Um, And I also want to let you guys know that if you want to review this podcast, you can do so at wherever you get your podcast mostly on iTunes, you know, Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy it and you leave me a five-star review with a comment, like write something, send me a screenshot. I will send you a personal confession. But you have to let me know you want one. I'm not going to just like find, stalk the people who left reviews and didn't tell me they want one because that would be probably a violation of privacy. Okay, starting with Maddie. I'm not reading the full username, but Maddie is part of it for, you know, saving privacy or whatnot. Maddie left a lovely review, said, Your podcast is the background music from when I wake up to to when I go to bed. I've almost completed listening to all of the episodes you have on Spotify, and I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm out of content. And then it's like that very cute, like, cry emoji. All of the guests are hilarious, and Teresa has so many well-known artists that create an amazing show of laughter and of, oh, it's not just me stories that are incredible. Thank you so much. This is very sweet. I love hearing that and very much love that. I know it sounds like I'm bragging, but... The big part is like the guests. I mean, like truly to be able to share so many conversations with friends and comedians that have gone through so many different experiences, but we all can find some common ground. I think that is like one of my favorite parts about this podcast. Um, and then I'm going to read um, uh, a bad one and then I'll end with a good one. Okay. Just, no, well, let's not be judgmental. I don't want to say it's bad, but it is funny to me, but I also am listening to your negative comments. Okay. This one... <laughs> This username is Real Good Time, and it says, This podcast is pretty much an ultra-left-wing atheist bubble podcast. They will tell you if you don't have the same beliefs they do, you are wrong and a bad person. It's also very unfunny for a podcast run by comedians. If you want to laugh at how out-of-touch these quote-unquote comedians are with middle America and everyone who isn't from California, you will get quite a few laughs out of this podcast. Wow, Real Good Time. You know what? I hear you. I see you. You are validated. But I will say, I'm curious what episodes you listen to, because... Atheist? What? We talk so much about spirituality, like to the point of like we've talked about Catholicism, Buddhism, witches, you know, I have no idea which atheist podcast you listen to, but uh, I hope you're doing okay and wish you well. Um, But in all fairness, it's actually fine if you don't like this show. I just found that one to be really funny because I don't know if they actually listened to it or if they just like went through a bunch of quote unquote leftist podcasts and commented. If you have specific critiques, I would love to hear them. Okay, 
And I will end with a nice one, so I'm not just shitting on myself. Um, from Eve on iTunes, um, said, smiled at many a people by accident whilst listening to this. I love that so much. That makes me so happy. I hope I make people smile on accident and then on purpose. So that's it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this episode with Mike Malloy. And don't forget to get tickets to my shows on tour. TreeSillyComedy.com slash shows. Bye. You can tell her, you can tell her anything, she's a real good listener, you can tell her anything. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs, you know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. I'm very excited for my guest today. He is the host of Faded Comedy, or creator, one of the co-creators of Faded Comedy, and since spread all over the country, um, because there's a Faded Comedy LA, and they host uh, Twitch live streams, and they did a cocktail hour, which I had a lot of fun and got way too trash doing. It's Mike Malloy. What's up? Hey, how we doing? Good, how are you? Is Faded like an empire now? Uh, it has splintered off into different cities by just because the people who I started it with moved home. Gotcha. Okay, yes. Yeah, so it's- Corey moved back to, to Denver. Sean Jordan moved back to Portland. And uh, we figured we might as well plant a flag in each city. I love that, though. It's like organic. Um, before we get too far, I like to ask my guests for a good confession, just so the audience can get to know you. Um, it's, it's just like a humble brag or something positive. Just anything that's like good, like not shitting on anything. When, when is this uh, releasing? Because I haven't put pen to paper on something good that just happened, but it probably should. Oh, it'll be. So the, the new season come back uh, in two weeks. So I think this will probably be like the third episode so mid february late february is that right. well i'm supposed to be taping something for comedy central in march ah oh my god that's amazing yeah. congratulations huge okay. that will time up really well <laughs> no manifest that but it's almost like we're enforcing the reality that it's happening by like living yeah. on this path um congratulations that's huge um well this pod uh i don't know how much you know about it, but I know we know each other as comedians, um, but we, I sort of started this because um, I started going to therapy later in life and realized, like, the combination of, like, doing stand-up on stage was cathartic, but, you know, there's a lot of, um, you have to put things in specific formats and punchlines, um, and I realized, like, I just really enjoy <laughs> getting things off my chest and talking, whether it's in punchline form or in therapy so I like to ask my guests sort of like, what's your, conf like, do you have a confidant? What's your sort of routine when you have um, things you want to talk through? Like, do you go to therapy um, or is it with your partner or like, you know, best friend, that sort of thing? What, what's your routine? I did have a therapist before the pandemic uh, started and then she retired. So that was, that kind of threw me for a loop to have her retire like two weeks before a pandemic and then just be like, well, fuck this for a while. I oh man so, yeah so it, i've been raw dog in life <laughs> raw doggy yeah. life oh my god i don't think i've ever heard it put that way uh, yeah yeah i could i could probably use some of that therapy lately but <laughs> yeah no it's just been you know uh burdening my fiance and but that's a, like, I, that that metaphor, uh, sorry, I'm, like, stuck on that because I just realized there's so many layers of, like, 
that you're not using protection, which is like mental health protection. I just like really like that. Um, that hits all the things I like, which is really stupid sex puns and therapy and mental health and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's in a different place. Like I actually don't go as much as I did when I first started because now it's all over zoom and I tend to like focus on specific things, but I do realize like when it goes too long and I don't have comedy or anything, I do start getting listless, but, um, yeah, there's no, like, I feel like whenever I ask this question, people are like, oh, I should be going more, but there's no, <laughs> there's no wrong or right way to do it. Yeah. And Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, Mike. Okay, when we get back, I want to hear all about your juicy confession. And we're back. Mike, the time has come. I'm sure you're holding this tight to your chest, but it's time to let me know. Is there anything you want to tell me? Yeah, uh, I don't watch much stand-up for a stand-up. I uh, I enjoy watching it. You don't enjoy, okay. You don't, not only don't watch it much, but you don't enjoy watching it. Are we talking TV or like live shows? Like, do you kind of just hate all uh, of it? <laughs> just, I mean, just like specials. And okay. Stuff. I don't really watch. I, I love live comedy. I, I think it's it's uh, a very different thing than watching it on TV. Yeah. I hate sitting in an audience though for for stand up. I like that makes me wildly uncomfortable. I want to either hang in the back or hang. <laughs> I mean, that's classic stand-up feeling about it, though, because I, I think in the first couple of years, I was still kind of a fan in the sense that I was, like, doing stand-up and wanted to go to shows, and I started, that's when I started feeling weird sitting in shows. But if I go with a friend who's not a stand-up and you see a friend, like, that's, yeah. that's like, more like a weird social uh, dynamic that's strange. That's even tough for me. Like, that's, you know, when I have friends that are, like, performing at theaters or, like, taping a special... <laughs> I'll come to this i'm just like oh, you're lucky you're my friend because otherwise I'm... huh okay i want to dig into this more well i don't know if you already know the answer to this but if not we can definitely dissect it but is there a specific reason why oh i mean it's probably i don't know it's it's probably just anxiousness <laughs> if i'm sitting there watching that i'm kind of like do you compare yourself in career wise really compare myself but like i'm like i wish i was up on stage right mm. now like i w- it's like going to a sporting event that you're just re- like you're recently removed from <laughs> played it like if i was to go to like if, if i was to go to a high school football game my freshman year at college i'd be sitting there being like fucking i want to be playing right now this damn stuff. i was just gonna ask the sports um question because i know you used to play as well but i i'm I was surprised that's where you went with it because in my, I mean, I guess I'm not as athletic or ever was going to play in college or anything, but I have, um, I would think that it's also enjoyable to watch as long as it's not like the playoff game you missed, but that's really interesting. Like, did you have um, dreams to go pro in high school? Not in football. Or just any like okay. Before I rip my arm. So it was. So there is an element where like you really saw that sort of like far away long goal, and then so anything that reminds you of almost like this is a path I could have taken, maybe puts you in that. It's more so just that I always enjoyed the participating in it more than I enjoyed the watching it, or especially at that level. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't. I'm not trying to watch fucking high school football games. Do you did you watch stand up growing up? Uh, like, was there a moment it went from you feeling different about it, or 
um, were you always just like, did you come into comedy through a back door and then like never really got into watching specials? I watched a lot of um, like my growing up Comedy Central wasn't in our area for some reason. Like we didn't get mm-hmm. in, in our air, like on our cable package until like late two or late nineties maybe. So I grew up more watching like Comic View on BET. That was mm-hmm. like Def Comedy Jam shit like that. Um, so I had a, a very different uh, perspective of comedy than I think most of uh, the the white people. <laughs> the white people, but you see, but you you watched like as an audience, right? Or were you always from that 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 early age like feeling like this is something I'm I have a calling to do, like I want to perform? Uh, I've always like growing up, I was always like a big Conan guy, so that was always like what I had wanted to do and I really didn't think of stand-up as like a fucking option I just like I had no idea how you got into stand-up I didn't mm-hmm. really watch a whole lot I didn't you know I wasn't one of those kids that like grew up on on certain stand-ups I really liked like Norm Macdonald was like one mm. of my favorite comedians um Martin Lawrence uh, yeah I think that's not that unusual unless your parents are really into stand-up especially um like definitely like immigrant parents like mine like I wasn't even aware of it like consciously as a I mean I think I generally understood if you asked me like do you, have you heard of stand-up comedy but the whole idea that you could go to a club and watch it I wasn't aware till I got to college um I guess my I guess I'm trying to get at more is like there was that moment that you enjoyed it like as a passive audience like you know genuinely like watching it and like this is cool this journey you're taking me on and then and then it switched or it was a little like you never genuinely like connected to watching it as much as you did to performing. So I, I, in college, there was like a stand-up contest and I entered it having never done stand-up and did pretty well. And then like, let it sit for a couple of years. I was like working in, in fucking tech. And this girl that I was dating at the time took me to, it was, she was from Maine. And there's this comedian named Bob Marley, who everybody in Maine is absolutely... His name is Bob Marley. That's funny. Yeah. And I went and saw it and was just for an hour, just gritting my teeth. <laughs> I could fucking do this. Like, I could... Like, huh. I don't even remember what he said. I don't even remember if it was that... If it was as bad as in my mind it was. But I was just sitting there and just being like, I could fucking do this better. And uh, so I kind of got in a stand up out of spite, I guess. Wow. That is like such an like a like a jock athlete bully thing to say. But it's so funny that it did work out because you are a stand up. And I've never heard of I mean, I've heard of the Bob Marley, the, the other Bob Marley, but not Bob yeah. Marley, this comedian from Maine. Um, so clearly you're not wrong about that. I mean, I have no idea that they're good or not. So, I mean, I'm not trying to shit on them, but they're not on this pod. Um, that's so funny though, because that, I mean, I'm sure you've heard that sort of trope of like doing comedy on stage and having the guy with the girl on a date and the guy's like trying to heckle or be funny because he's like, have you, you, have you heard this trope before of like, yeah, when... yeah, but I'm I'm not trying. I was never trying to do like uh, <laughs> interrupt anybody's good time. But I was sitting like you know. I was... Right, but you felt that like alf- like something within you was lit up. Yeah, I'm a competitive person by nature, and when I see somebody doing something that I think I could do better, <laughs> you know, it, it brings out the worst in me. But... Damn. Uh, I mean, that's like a lot of. Maybe I should be using spite to fuel my career because 
that's taken you very far. I, I feel like my, my anger and spite always putters out. Like, I'm like, all right, I'll do one thing and then that's it. Um, but you do love stand-up now. I mean, I guess I, I'm so interested in this division because, and it's not unusual. I'm just like trying to break it down more. And maybe there's not that much here and we can move on. But I am, I just kind of want to see, because to me, like, I do have this moment where I went from being able to enjoy totally like with awe and like you know excitement and naivete of of anything like movies and tv and now i watch things it always feels kind of like homework i do still enjoy specials but it is very different and um sometimes it does feel like more laborious um so i wonder if there was like for you if there was ever like the before because i'm not sure if you like really it, it sounds like you never really connected that much to watching it but um performing is what you get out of it i like going out and seeing stand-up if mm -hmm. stand-ups coming through town that i wanted to see or that i heard were good i'd go see them live because even a, mm. a television product doesn't really give me a, a great idea of that person yeah isn't that so wild that so much of our world is spent trying to get that late night spot get that special so that we can be on a tv in front of audiences that barely understand the art form <laughs> Like, I didn't even realize that until you put it that way. People that are, are in town from fucking the Midwest that... Yeah, because you know. most of the best... I mean, I obviously still would like to do all those things, but I think you're right. Like, there's something... Especially, you, you started in Boston, which has a really, really fun live scene as well. And there's something about the live comedy scene that if you've never... If you're not in a big city or never been around it, um, you might only ever think of stand-ups like, oh, they do their big special and that's it and so much of like starting as a performer is not that at all and what's yeah. so fun is the like community and the ambiance and being in the room and it's like that so much of that gets lost and i think so much of uh the process is not understood by the average person like there's mm -hmm. times where somebody asks me if i like made that all up on the spot and I'm just like, oh my god i make that look this fucking easy like <laughs> it's frivolous like i'm i'm clearly i prepared something i had a lift driver this was like a week ago and i was like trying not to be too combative because i was like whatever but i was because i was with my boyfriend i didn't want to embarrass him but the guy was like we had just come from a place too where where at dinner like the table next to us there was like an older man on a date trying to i feel like he was trying to impress his date by dropping like that he goes to the comedy store but he wasn't a comic like the way he was talking was like yeah. it felt like he was like i know comedy and that makes me cool and i was just like gritting my teeth to not say anything but then on the ride home um this driver started um he said something similar he, he was talking about going to see a show at um the store and then i I think he saw like, was it John Totoro? He saw like someone who's been around for a long time and he's like, oh, he's so funny. And then my boyfriend was like, oh, what were some of the, cause he's like, this is the funniest set I've ever seen. He's like, what were some of the jokes? And he was like, all I, I don't know. They were just street jokes. That made me like realize that most people want to hear just the mo, they want to be in the moment where they feel like it's funny. But it's like, if when I think of funny jokes that I've heard from like, you know, like our, our friends, our peers, like I, I remember them for years and I, he is obviously, you know, if you're doing well and successful and you've been in movies, you are funny. But it's just funny to hear someone say like, oh, street jokes, you know, like your funny uncle. And that was the moment I realized like people don't want you to try hard. Well, that, but also like 
they want you to sound like your funny uncle, but your funny uncle is funny because he watches specials and quotes them. Like, somebody wrote that shit, you know? Like, nobody just... Even if you went on stage and riff, like, after a decade of having a career, like, that decade actually made you funnier. Like, you didn't just... Yeah. You weren't born and riffed. <laughs> well, I, I think, obviously, the the that social media has obviously changed the way that people consume what's funny. And if anything has been proven, it's that people don't care about... <laughs> originality or like who the original huh. came up with like look at something like fuck jerry where you just uh. oh like a billion people follow this and they don't care that those people steal everything they don't care who the original person was they're just like all right give me this fucking bite-sized version so i can have my little fucking laugh and i can move on i don't care who the first you know I don't wow yeah hating this i care about it being delivered to my door you really like put it i mean in this um way that sounds very medicinal which is kind of funny that people say laughter is the best medicine but you literally the way you say like just give me my laugh it's like just give me my hit i just did a hit like i don't care if this is like the real shit or it's illegal i'm gonna get it you're like damn yeah and you like the last (laughs) year of like uh labor being dissected the way that it is would make people kind of reevaluate that and like you know make a point of when they see something funny try to find out who the original source was yeah but it hasn't it hasn't really changed (laughs) what if there was a way to just like sign up to receive a funny text from a comedian a day and we all just get paid like five dollars like that i mean i'm not in silicon valley but i'm like that would be a faster way to like get your hit and pay people like while we're trying to get staff you know we're still going to try to do those classic things but why wait because there is this element, like, I spend a lot of time working on packets and things that will never see the light of day. But it does make me not want to just, like, give out jokes either, which you're told you're not supposed to. But then you can't really build that audience. And fuck Jerry can just steal a bunch of jokes and build an audience. And it is, like, this weird um, sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah. And they've found a way to, like, capitalize on our jokes in a way that we never could. And it's just bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. Like today, today's a fucking perfect example. That guy, fucking Rex Chapman, who was a basketball player, and fucking all he does is just steal content for Twitter, and uh. now CNN's giving him a fucking show. And it's just like, all right, so none of this fucking matters. This guy who fucking five year, I think five ten years ago, robbed an Apple store so he could pay for his fucking oxycotton, and now he is a, has a show on cnn because why not why not you know why not yeah sure give it to fucking rex chapman okay but then i would like i'm gonna be a devil's advocate here and say if that's your opinion about those kinds of shows which is totally valid why wouldn't you be watching more actual comedy specials to support the comedians <laughs> because i'm not, in, I'm not <laughs> in the game like sure I'm not, or, okay i'm not you know, I'm not, they're not making it to make Mike Malloy watch it. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's a, I, I'm not going to pay to go see anybody. So why? Hmm. It, why would they? What was the last special you watched? Oh, cripes. Uh, I better make sure I answer right because somebody. I mean, not right. I guess I'm trying to get a sense of how long like you truly a, haven't a, been watching. A friend of mine. <laughs> some <laughs> special I said I definitely watched. I might not have. Um, the last stand-up I watched on TV was um, Blair Saki on Corden. 
gotcha. And that, yeah, and then that's a late night set, right? Those are easier to, and that's the funny thing is like you immediately thought of friends. So I can already kind of understand where you're coming from because I, yeah, I have a hard time too just enjoying um, without the, just the thoughts of my career, but I sometimes will try to like compartmentalize, but it, it is different. I do have a different feeling when I'm like, oh, so-and-so just did a set. I should watch it. Like that, that's a different feeling than like, let me sit down and watch this special that of a comic I admire. And I don't know how long it's, yeah, I'm trying to think the last time, maybe Ronnie Chang was the last time, like he, I don't know him personally, but I already like was aware of him. And he was, that was the last time I like sat down and watched a special I wanted to check out. And I wasn't like, had no investment in it, I guess. But yeah. that, that was still a while ago. I'm just worried about, like, I guess I'm just worried. Like, I don't want to be influenced. Mm, okay. Stage. And I think Interesting. the only thing I can do to be better is just, like, be more comfortable and be more of myself and, like, oh. dig into myself more. And I think that searching for, like, going and looking at things outside of me is only going to make things worse. Do you play music? No. Because I'm, okay, then I guess this wouldn't play. Because I feel like it's like musicians, no, I totally understand. I don't, I, I had a rule, like, especially in the first couple of years. Now I don't really, like, think in terms of these rules anymore because it's a little easier to know when I want to write and when I don't. But I used to say, like, have a rule that was, like, don't write after watching stand-up or comedy. Um, because no matter what, like, sometimes you get inspired and something starts something else that might have been original, but I just know that for a fact like you're still going to be in the cadence of the other person and um I get that but uh that's well how do you feel do you are you like someone who's weird about notes like do you do you do writing groups with friends no I never really uh I've never really done a whole lot of that I was really bad about actually sitting down and writing for a very long time and I was you know just a digital I do it on my notes app on the phone and now I you know before the uh before the pandemic, I never like wrote shit down. And now I got into the habit of having a notebook and writing shit down and like, you know, tacking on notes to each thing, having a page for each joke that I can just, you know, if I do something different on stage, I can run off and just go, hey, fucking add this, add this. Um, <clears throat> it sounds that. like there's a lot of anxiety around the actual... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I mean, and I don't mean this in a judge, judge, because I'm so curious, like the different way we approach um, performing. But the, I, I think this is the first time I've heard like this adamantly. Like I don't like watching stand-up versus just like I don't have time or it doesn't do anything for me. Like there's such a divide between how much you enjoy performing and how how much it. It's almost like it's like a same part of your brain but the opposite almost like it's like it's the bringing out the anxiety of performing and all of what that means in watching it i mean it's i think that during the during the pandemic obviously i learned how to like bartend a little and now that i go out and and i'll pay i'll buy a fucking 16 dollar drink somewhere <laughs> and it'll get made for me and i'll look at it and just be like i could have uh, i was like are you like i can't watch any bar i Go to the bar, you're like, I can't fucking look at a bartender making a drink. <laughs> there, yeah, there's some of that where I'm just like, hey, bud, that's, uh, that's not how you do that. And Damn. It's it's tough for me to, especially like to, you know, in, in a, a version where you're a consumer and you're putting up money uh -huh. for something and you know how to do it enough 
to where it would be done right if you did it when you pay for something and it's done wrong you're kind of just like well well fuck but do do you ever want to just be able to because i i know that perfection feeling of like oh i could do it better but like sometimes doing it like cooking for yourself is not the same as sitting down and not having to do anything or lift a finger and then having a meal cooked for you yeah and i and i think a part of it is also just that i don't want stand up to be the only thing i have to talk about both off stage and on hmm. um, there was a lot of that when i first started where i see I have conversations with people and the only thing they fucking talked about is stand up and i'm just like what fucking do outside of this this, huh. this shit isn't for fucking ever and it's not gonna fucking it's not a warm blanket you can wrap yourself in it's a fucking thing that if you're lucky you'll find a way to or if you're lucky and you're talented and you work hard enough you'll find a way to make work but other than that like you, you better have something fucking outside of this well that's a very dark way to look because i do know what you mean about the politics and uh, socializing and parties that are end up being so like navel gazing but i I would like to offer a perspective that like some some people genuinely like watching stand-up and that's what got them in to different degrees. But I, I don't know if it's all coming from this place of like, I have to immerse myself in it or I'll, I understand what that feeling is. I've, I've had that too. Where it's like, oh, if I'm not learning enough, then I'm not, um, you know, going to be a good stand-up. Whereas like, really, you should just be working on your stand-up. But to some degree, I also like that's what got me into it. Like, I like it. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's, I think it's similar, you know, I had the same issues with, you know, when I was working a day job where if we went out for drinks after work and they were talking about work, I'd be like, you guys shut the fuck up and talk about anything else. So what do you like to do for fun? Go back to work. Uh, fucking, I like watching sports. Okay. I like, uh, that's pretty much fucking it. But no sports that you've played, only ones that you know that you have no shot at playing pro. No, no. I mean, I, I like watching professional sports. I just don't like, you know, like I said, like going in and watching a level that I could compete at was hard for me. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, I still, like when I played football in high school, I still watched college football and pro football. Like it wasn't like I was like, I should be out there playing for the Patriots. I was just like, I fucking go, mm -hmm. go team, you know? Yeah, and sports, especially like NFL, like major leagues, everything, like has um, a different, like the dynamic is a little different than like high school and college where you're an athlete watching. Like there's a there's the fandom, like that's a part of the culture, like rooting for your team, find the merch, like whether or not um, the team year to year is good. Like there's a different dynamic in supporting your team that I do. Un yeah. Like, I understand that brings people together the way like old school church brings people together. Tri tribalism. It's yeah. But, or, you know, if, if you want to look at it in a different, a more positive light, it's like a community. Yeah, there's community. Well, so some people say that comedy like they call it the, like a tribe but i'm curious like do you as a person like do you get annoyed if someone like identifies you as a comic like you know outside of comedy are you like someone who like doesn't like to introduce yourself that way or doesn't want people to know oh no i mean obviously i work fairly hard at this to be considered that <laughs> well i mean like there's a difference between like you're showing up to a show and like you're on 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 the set or on stage and you're the performer but like if you're in a you know let's say you go with your um fiance to like a social event and it's yeah. not comedians like do you feel like that's something where you're like oh i want to have this different identity off stage oh, 
I mean, it's, it's what I do. If somebody asks about it, I'll talk about it. But I also like when I'm out having a good time, I don't want to talk about work. <laughs> I work at a fucking tech company or if I were, I do stand up comedy. If you want to fucking ask me shit about it, I'm not going to like be weird and closed off about it, but it's not like something I'm fucking dying to talk to everybody about. Damn, I never knew. I mean, this is so interesting. And this is why I like doing this pod, because I feel like we've talked in depth about so many things. But um, this is definitely something I a different side of you that I think is really interesting, because it's like, you know, I, I don't think I go around asking people in comedy if they like stand up, because I don't know, it's like, a, like, it's not like I know, out of this context, it's like, not that I wouldn't care. But it's like, why would I ask you that? But um, it is so interesting, because I've never heard that perspective. Um, I think maybe it's it's more similar. Like I know I have a lot of friends that like golf, but they wouldn't watch golf on TV. Okay. Hmm. And I. Think but golf is I, slow. Stand up shouldn't so be. Stand up. <laughs> I mean, in you know, in a way, but it's like. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't make you laugh out loud. I'm assuming a lot of these specials you're like watching just to like, from an analytical brain. I, yeah, I'm too, I'm watching in, in too critical a way. And like, I think the pandemic softened me up in that sense. Cause there was a mm. lot of times where like, I'd be watching a show, a sitcom or whatever. And my fiance is like, you're actually laughing at shit. Man. <laughs> like, yeah. I fucking, my brain's soft. Uh, do you watch your own sets? Um, or do you I, feel weird about it? <clears throat> no, I mean, I, I listen back to shit, uh, and try to figure out if there's stuff that I like, Oh, here's the thing that I said that I normally don't. So fucking circle that, add it to there. Um, I used to be more, I used to treat it like sports and like I'd film mm. every set and then I'd break down everything. And I got away from that just because I found out that like not many of the comics that I like hung out with or like looked up to were doing that sort of shit. And I figured I was just kind of being a little too in my head. Um, but I got- It can have its ups. I mean, I think when you're working on a specific, trying to crack yeah. it. Thing. but I, I know what you mean because I'm a I'm not necessarily an athlete but I was a dancer and and there's that element of perfectionism where you're like oh if I like move this way or how come I got a better laugh in this room but then it's yeah. like sometimes that live element does just affect how it goes yeah and then there's definitely times where I'm like oh take this thing that fucking crushed that one time you did it and add it to there and then it never hits the same way that it, it did that one time that's um Okay, I have a question uh, in terms of like your, um, y- y- like not your comedy relationships. I mean, obviously you mentioned your fiance, but like maybe like friends or whatever outside of, you know, college friends. Do, if, do your friends, like if they don't come support you or do you like wish that they wouldn't come watch you or if they, like, I guess I'm like, do you have friends that are fans um, or is it like kind of thing where you're like, that's my work and I don't really like need your approval or want you at my work? No, no, I definitely, um, you know, if I'm in town and doing shows, I always tell people either come to the show or come hang out after whatever you're up for. Um, It's definitely funny, like my friends from high school saw me do stand up the first time I ever did stand up. Uh And, you know, I, I was decent from the, I was decent, I was decent enough that first time where they like, kept coming back mm-hmm. but now like you know a couple of years a couple of years later i was back in boston doing a show in a theater opening for somebody else and he's just like one of my buddies was just like you're like i get so nervous when you're up there for some Aww. 
And he's just That's like, so cute. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And I'm just like, you know, I'm good at this now, right? Like, you know, I'll, I'll be fine and I'll figure it out. Like, he's just like, yeah, I forget that sometimes. Because he saw you blossom. That's so interesting because it's like, yeah, I, I remember doing my first improv show where I invited like 11 people. And I was like, yeah. probably the worst that I've ever done. But it, like, it went well in the sense that like, yeah. it went in the room, it, you know, all the people were there to support their friends. It was, nobody was a professional, but like people were funny enough to be doing it. Um, but then like, it's funny that you'll fast forward years later when you actually do start getting paid to do things and it's so impossible to get friends to come out. And they're like, no, yeah, we, we get that you're good. We just, don't, when, you don't need our support anymore. And you're like, but now I want you to remember that I actually got good. <laughs> well, it's, I definitely did the thing the first year where I was just like, I was inviting people to shit that I was doing and I wish I hadn't. Thanks <laughs> that for later. But that's sometimes, I think people, I think people do get joy out of watching that. I know it seems so silly because like the the perfectionist in us is probably like, oh, I can't believe you saw that. So you got to come back and watch it better. But I think they see you because that's before you saw yourself as a comic. They saw you as like my friends doing stand up, which in some ways they saw you as a comic before you did. And maybe that's why they're so nervous for you because they're like, oh, I was I'm part of this journey. Um, what do you like to like you just literally just watch sports or do you like have like stuff you do like not, I don't want to say in the real world but uh I guess I do mean in the like off the media way like do you yeah. what do you do when you're like because you said it seems like you like to get out your head out of work sometimes like do you have like completely random hobbies that you're like this is my I knit I I play video games I watch tv and sports I smoke weed and I, <laughs> I get my drink on Okay, so all fun things. Okay, so that's good. I mean, it's, I'm just so curious because I'm like, I wonder it's from what it sounds like you like have such specific view of like where things in your life should be or like how to spend your time, you know? So I was like, I wonder if there's any like surprise, like hidden, hidden hobbies of Mike that I don't know about. Not really. I watch a lot of pro wrestling. That's about it. Okay, well, rest, that's interesting because wrestling is so fake. Yeah, but you have such a part of... Well, it's a performance, but in the yeah. sense that, like, it's both a bit of athleticism and a bit of comedy, but uh, mm. but it has that element of, like, maybe it's safe because it's all scripted, but there's that, there's that moment of conflict and competition and uncertainty, but you're not as yeah. scared that it's not going to – you can't really bomb if someone planned to lose. I mean, you can. You can have shit go bad. I mean, it's different <laughs> than like, you know, like ice dancing sometimes is what I compare it to, like paired figure skating. Like it's, yeah, it's choreographed, but you could also like drop that person in something catastrophic. Hmm. Like these guys aren't opponents, they're teammates in this sense that it's a, uh, a routine that they need to both get through safely. Do you f get, okay. Do you feel um, this way about watching, like, groups perform, like, SNL or, like, you know, sketches? No, I've never really liked uh, improv very much or uh, sketch that much. I have, like, I think it's, if when it's done really well, it's great. When it's done anything short of really well, it's really bad. What about, like, SNL or, like, Portlandia? Like, with any of these shows, do you have that feeling, too, where you're like, ugh? I just, it's not for me. You just don't care. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess, like, I yeah. I used to love SNL like when I was a kid because it was what I had access to and it was what mm -hmm. I 
was familiar with like i was but i was more into the like the weekend update aspect of it than the actual mm. sketches so interesting because I, when you said the thing about ice dancing it made me think like oh i wonder if there's an element of like um almost like how your friends got embarrassed or not embarrassed but nervous for you on stage if when you're watching these specials or sports like what you're seeing it as the athlete or the comedian and they're all alone kind of like the versus like wrestling even though it's something can go wrong you're like all everyone is in on it everyone's part of the team so that's kind of why i was curious but it doesn't seem like but well maybe you're just a tough tough nut to crack and maybe i will never dissect why you don't like stand up but um god help me i've been trying no yeah Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I don't go out of my way to watch a lot of stand-up. Sometimes I do it mostly because I want to. I get a. I do feel like I fall into a hole where I'm so in it that I lost sight of what I liked about it. And so there is a bit of like me trying to keep myself fresh. But um, but yeah, there's two different sides of me. Like the the work side is not. Yeah, I'm not just sitting down. Like I can never just go, buy a ticket to a comedy club and sit down and have a laugh and drink with my friends without thinking that I'm like in a place of work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty fair. Yeah, but specials, I don't feel that way. So that's the first time I've heard that. But that's, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a very unique confession and I like that. Um, um, well, I do have a fun game I want to play. This one, I'm so curious because um, <laughs> I've learned so much about you yet also feel like I have more questions about you <laughs> after doing this podcast yeah, <laughs> that i'm like i hope that this game goes well i hope you like it because now i'm like i i don't know why my trigger tends to be like when um when i'm like trying to connect and and this isn't on you this is like really good for me to know but when i'm like oh is it this and i'll be honest most of the time people are like yeah how did you know? And like, this is so good for me because it's so uncomfortable to just be like throwing questions at you and you being like so chill. Like you're not like mad, but you're like, no, eh, no. And I'm literally like floundering like a fish. I'm like, what? Help, connect. <laughs> well, it's, most of the shit is shit that I've thought about in, in fucking great detail. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> so it's, it's like, I, I've definitely looked at, at into the, the reasons and I'm just like, yeah, I think it's just uh, apathy in most cases. Well, but so like just to give you context too, like like um, there's I've gotten confessions in this vein, and and that's why I think it's so interesting. But in different, on the opposite extreme, like Caleb Sinan had, his confession was he likes to like overly invest in watching everything of somebody. Like when he like meets a new friend, he like watch all the YouTube videos, everything, and that I'm like, damn, that's a different side of also maybe being obsessive of your career too, because it's like beyond just watching it for fun, but there's an element of like this person, you know, so I, I do think there's so much, there's definitely something there that I, I'm not getting at and I don't understand either, but um, that's kind of why I was pushing. But I, I yeah. Like, I, don't <laughs> I don't even watch clips that I got sent for faded. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I never will. If I see you out in the wild uh, uh -huh. uh, and you're good, I'll fucking make a note of it. If somebody that I know is good vouches for you, I'll make mm. a note of it, but I'm not, watching clips i'm not i'm not i'm just not doing it i don't want to do it i'm not going to do it i know how i like yeah a good idea of who's out there and who's making noise uh and 
That's fair. I don't really watch tapes either. Only the only times I have is when I'm like, wow, we haven't had like, like I'm like it's all these like, you know, straight white guys submitting to a show. So I'm gonna like try to get see some new people kind of thing, and then that's when I'll like ask for tapes. But usually, even those, it's like, yeah, we usually have a good sense of who's out there, and it tends to be the. It's not that there aren't good women is that they're all getting fucking booked or whatever. So that's why <laughs> the, the, the newbies are submitting tapes. Um, but that's funny. I never realized that I skipped through on TikTok. I follow friends um, and I don't ever watch. Their sets. But like, I don't like, I know it's not for me. They're trying to build a fan base. Like they don't need me to watch their TikToks. Exactly. Like most people, I'm just like, oh, I will smash the follow button. Cause you're my friend. And I want you to have the fucking metrics that, that, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah i'll type a haha without yeah, saying I'll, I'll it, it I'll fucking, i'm not looking at it. i'm not reading i'm not watching it but i'll fucking smash that like button and on to the next like i want you to get pushed up the algorithm you're my pal i hope this gets to its right destination but it ain't me <laughs> i think that's actually a very healthy way to approach it and i'm realizing that i probably put too much pressure on certain like my boyfriend for example is not a comedian but now that we know each other better like I don't think he needs to be watching everything I do to try to get to know me. But there's a part of me that misses when we first started dating, when he was like watching my, you know, trying to like go, stalk my social media and be like, oh, you're really funny. Cause that's the, that's the, the work part of my brain who needs validation. But the human part that just wants to connect, it's like, let's connect by talking. So it's maybe healthy that you're not trying to do that. And I'm like, hmm, where am I? What is the fan part of you? Would you have liked me if you, <laughs> you didn't like, like, would, would you be a fan? <laughs> and it's like, that's, Probably not a good question to ask. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm glad you. Thank you for putting up with my spiraling. By the way, do you, do you feel it or is it just me? Because I want to call out how uncomfortable I am with not being able to like read you, and I like that you're putting me in this situation. But this is like me spiraling because normally people are like, "Oh my god, how did you know?" And I think this is good for me and. Uh, it's funny to watch me spiral. <laughs> it's always weird when people are uh, like classify me as like a tough nut to crack where I'm just like, what I say everything that I'm thinking. What are you talking like? Yeah. How is it that hard? I think that's what it is, is that you are also like, it doesn't feel um, inauthentic. Like it feels genuine and you are being, and I can sense that. And that's the part of me that's going, oh no, it wasn't like, if you were being like, I don't want to answer and you're being rude, then it's easy for me to be like, oh, okay, well, like, I will give him space, but I know he doesn't want to say. But the, because that's not the case, there's almost this, like, oh, he, he is just saying everything. Oh, shit, I'm the weird one. And, like, that's really sending me. And because we're friends, I, I can admit that. And uh, I think that for the audience who's used to hearing me in a different way, this will be interesting. Um, well, do you want to play a quick game? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is based uh, just name-wise because you host a show called Faded, and it's at Faded Comedy LA for anyone who wants to follow it. They do Twitch live streams, and it's um, really funny when it's back live. You should go watch it live. Uh, but this is called Faded, Blaze, or Stone Cold Sober. So basically like a variation of Fuck, Mary Kill, except I will just list three things that you – basically if you had to do each of these three things, but you could only choose one state to be in for each – which would you choose? Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah I got it. Cool. Okay. And these are all hypothetical, so you don't have to think too hard about like if there's 
like this first one has breakup, but you don't have to think specifically about a person. Okay. Would you, uh, okay, faded, blazed, or stone cold sober? Confess your romantic feelings to someone, break up with someone, or ask your ex to get back together? Oh, God. Um, I'm, a, I'm an engaged man, so I, I don't know. If that's right. That's why I preface that with more like, think hypothetically in terms of like yeah, uh, your past you. Break up, sober. Uh, X drunk. And what's the other one? <laughs> um, confess your feelings, blazed. I guess you'd be high. That probably makes that probably makes sense. That's a good. Yeah, that feels right. You. Yeah, I think that's right. You asking X, you should definitely not be sober for that. Um, okay, brunch with your parents, job interview, JFL audition. So JFL for those who are listening who don't know, it's just like a big showcase in stand-up comedy. Probably sober for that. <laughs> for a job interview and drunk for brunch okay that feels fair um okay this one, for the athlete in you okay play golf with tiger woods basketball with lebron james or tennis with venus williams hmm. um probably sober for the basketball because i don't want to throw up uh, <laughs> drunk for golf and high for tennis okay yeah that feels right Part of me is like, because I'm so bad at basketball, I'm like, that would be fun high, but I would for sure get wrecked. Um, and I cannot do golf sober. That would be a travesty. Okay, two more. Um, moving day, New Year's Eve, or graduation day? Ooh. Um, moving day sober, high for graduation, drunk for New Year's. Okay. Um, damn, moving day sober. That means you're like really going to get shit done. That's good. I've, yeah, I feel like I've always after I'm done I don't want to <laughs> I try to like make it so tough for myself when I move I'll be like I'll put it off to the last second and then I'm like I'm just gonna take an edible and pack and it's like why but I've pretty much done that every time I've moved okay here's the final one okay host a sold out show host or guest on a podcast or do a late night set uh, <laughs> probably sober for the late night set <laughs> uh, do you want to have a little champagne to celebrate <laughs> Yeah, I can have it after. They tape it fucking three in the hour. Yeah, that's probably. true. I could probably hold up. Uh, sober for that, drunk for the sold-out show, and then high for the podcast. Okay. I feel like you, like you, these seem so hard to me, but when you say it like that, I'm like, damn, you really do have your head, like your head is in the game because I'm like, that it does feel like the right answer, even though there's no right answer. Um, thank you so much for doing this show, Mike, and for getting honest about your hate. No, I'm just kidding. Your hate for stand-up yeah, hate. specials. Um, and giving me, uh, giving me a challenge. Uh, you know, this has been really fun. Um, and it's been fun to get to know you better. Tell the listeners where they can follow you and find you and, uh, check out your upcoming projects. Hell yeah. Um, so I am on Instagram. I'm fake Mike Malloy on uh, Twitter, I'm back to handsome adult. They gave me my account <laughs> five months of suspension. Uh, what else? MikeMalloy.com. I've got tour dates up. I'm going to be on the road a fair amount, fucking hopefully. Uh, I'm in Portland next week, Boston the week after, and uh, a bunch of other places. Hopefully I can announce more soon. Hopefully I can, uh, by the time this drops, I've announced that I, uh, I'm i doing the uh, taping and that I've got uh, an album recording. Yeah. Yes. Heck yes. Follow Mike. Watch all that stuff when he announces it. Um, you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and at Teresa Lee Bot on Instagram. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Week Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. And the Hoo Ha Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.